I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck starts now. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. And we got breaking news for you right off the top. The Fed has raised interest rates. This is something that uh, might come as a surprise to some. It seemed that there was a pushback against this because of the banking issues. But the headlines here are Fed raises rate or Fed raises rates amid banking turmoil by a quarter point. So it's trying to figure out how to balance the inflation fight with the well, weakness in the bank is structural weakness within the banking industry, um, which is all tied to Fed policy and what they've been doing now, stretching back for over a decade. Um, you know, Clay, there's a lot. First of all, I would, I would just note that even earlier today, former Goldman Sachs CEO uh, Lloyd Blankfein was saying the Fed should not raise rates. Listen to this. Personally, I wouldn't do it. The deleveraging effect of all this, the less lending, the more conservatism, the accumulation by financial institutions of capital, that's highly deflationary. There's going to be less lending. The effect of all that is at least as great, probably greater than a 50 basis point raise at this point. If I were the Fed, I would pause and I'd say, you know, we're doing that because financial conditions have been substantially tightened by this. Two weeks ago, we didn't contemplate the events that we're witnessing now. This is a new factor. It's highly deflationary and deleveraging. This is more than a raise. Let's pause and look how this works its way through the system, but we're going to be ever vigilant, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. Okay. (laughs) I like how he throws that in. He's like, yeah, you know, the Fed say a bunch of nonsense about it. It'll all be fine. This is the former Goldman Sachs CEO, a guy's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, um, maybe more than that now. But, you know, Clay, he's talking about being deflation. Okay, so he's worried about a Fed raise, which has just happened. He spoke, obviously, yes. before the 25-point 25 point, uh, raise. Um, and he's worried about what will happen with less 
lending, right? This is where you have all these forces that they think that they can control. You got to bring down inflation because, as we all know, this just means the dollars in your bank account and everything you're buying is getting getting more expensive. But now he's saying if you have less lending, you'll have deflation, lower consumer spending, and less economic growth, including things like layoffs, salary reductions, drop in demand. So it looks like the soft landing scenario here for the economy. I don't, I don't think there is a soft landing scenario. I think things are going to get rough. Here's an easy way to think about this. And I know a lot of you out there have 401ks. You might be retired living on fixed incomes. If you had bought stock the day that Joe Biden walked into the White House, let's say you went and bought the Dow, let's say you went and bought the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, you have lost money, not even factoring in inflation. So if you just bought on the day Joe Biden, I think it was January 20th, was inaugurated, in 2021 and you are now sitting you know at 26 months into the biden administration you've lost money that doesn't happen very often buck and now 2023 is not looking great as we come up on the end of march and we're a quarter of the way through this calendar year i think the likelihood is at the end of 2023 you are still going to be negative, and that doesn't even factor in the massive increase in inflation, which has devalued everybody's dollars, whether you invest, whether you have a, uh, any sort of retirement accounts, 401k, pensions, anything. Joe Biden's handling of the economy has been a disaster. And to tie this in with the conversation that we have been having about Trump versus DeSantis, 2024, Democrats have chosen their candidate. You watched... Uh, Game of Thrones. They have picked their combatant, right? Uh, they, they have put Joe Biden into the center of the ring. I went to the Coliseum. We know who their gladiator is. And it ain't a very strong gladiator, right? It's a guy who could probably barely lift a sword, certainly couldn't put on his own armor. This is a flawed fighter. My concern is if Trump is not a disciplined candidate, Joe Biden's not even going to talk about anything he's done for four years. All he's going to talk about is, I'm not Trump. His entire campaign in 2020 was, I'm not Trump. And so this should be, almost every time we have an incumbent president, what is the, uh, the election a referendum on? How did the incumbent president do? By all measures, Joe Biden has been a disaster two and a half years into his tenure. But if he gets to run on, I'm not Donald Trump, those same idiots who showed up and voted for him once before i'm afraid they might do it again that's why trump has to be able to make the case not only about what he's going to do but why everything biden has done is wrong the economy is going to play a major role as we all know um in the next in the next election it's interesting though to see based on the last election there was this perception that inflation wasn't really joe biden's fault which I think was a, I think was wrong. I mean, it's not all his fault, but he's in charge and did things to make a problem worse. And the only way you can have the obvious part of this is the first one point nine trillion dollars of spending, right? When he comes into office, and that was just that was totally excessive. Even with what we had seen during COVID previously, um, that was that was reckless. I mean, that was going really above and beyond the uh, the stupidity meter, and. 
yet we dealt with the consequences of it economically. People saw the worst inflation in 40 years, but Joe Biden wasn't held responsible for it. So you always have to remember there's there's right the reality of what the economy is and what is happening, and there is the response of individuals in the electorate to that and their sense of who's responsible for it. And that's not always the same thing. So I try to remind people, it is an absolutely true statement that if the economy is very weak, even perhaps even uh, in a recession uh, next year, Joe Biden, that's going to affect the president's uh, presidential election a lot. But is Joe Biden going to be blamed for it? Or are we going to be told it's the Trump tax? But blamed by the electorate enough, right? Or are we going to be told it's the Trump tax cuts and the fat cats are getting rich and all the, all the stuff? You always have to remember he has a 10 to 1 advantage in, you know, propaganda, uh, and, and media artillery pieces that he can put on the battlefield just in sheer numbers, right? Yeah. We're better. We're smarter and handsomer, Clay. Than those libs out there, you know, and yeah, we got we got Tucker and Hannity and and, you know, we've got these these big names, big voices out there who can who can move the needle. But they just have so many more that they're able to convince people through sheer repetition and force of propaganda that somehow, you know, the economy is getting better because of Biden, even though it's not good. And it's really the Fed's fault slash Trump's fault. And there's going to be all these pivots. So I'm just trying to say. It's not enough. It wasn't enough in 2022 that the, that inflation was super high. It, you know, we can't just say, well, they're going to blow up the economy and therefore Biden will be held and the Democrats will be held responsible. No, they'll just lie. By, the Democrats are the kid that drops the platter full of food at Thanksgiving, shatters it everywhere and points at the poor little dog in the corner and says it was his fault. That's who they are. It's a good analogy. And that's why I think that the argument has to be, this is a referendum on Joe Biden. And as we play out through 2023, I would just encourage everyone, I think DeSantis tried to do this in his interview with Piers Morgan. He said, I'm running against Joe Biden. And he said, I think I would win. And I think DeSantis is right. And I think Trump would win too. I think whoever wins the Republican nomination will beat Biden. But it has to be an attack on Biden. And we have to ensure that this election is a referendum on the incumbent and not a referendum on what happened in 2020. And my concern with Trump is Trump makes it hard for the story not to be Trump. And we were talking about this earlier, and I think it's such an an interesting question for all of you to contemplate. Trump definitely motivates a lot of voters who otherwise would not show up who are Republicans to come out and support him. How many Democrats does he similarly motivate? And what does that look like on the ledger? Because we had, what, uh, 156 million people or some odd or some such show up and vote, Buck, in 2020, according to the tallies, roughly. How many of those people would show up and vote if it were Joe Biden versus Ron DeSantis in 2024? How many would show up and vote if it was Ron DeSantis against Kamala Harris? Trump motivates turnout. He makes people care. CNN just hit a 30-year low, I saw, in primetime viewership, Buck, because Trump isn't around anymore. And so, who is going to make the best case against Biden? And I just want to keep hammering this home, because I think it's an incredible advantage We know who the Democrats are putting forward as their combatant. It is Joe Biden. 
if you think about what Democrats did in 2020, they looked at all of their contenders and they said, let's pick the guy who is most likely to beat Trump. And they picked Biden. And they ended up being right because they said Scranton Joe is going to have enough appeal in the Midwest to flip Pennsylvania, to win Michigan, to flip uh, to, to flip Wisconsin, and hold on to every other state. And it ended up being true. So my question for all of you out there is, if you know the pick, and the pick is Biden, I want all of you to just be aggressive in your thought process as you contemplate all of the candidates and think to yourself, who is the guy who would most likely, or girl, who would be most likely to beat Joe Biden head-to-head, one-on-one? Because that's an advantage. If you knew who you were going to be playing in the Super Bowl, you could pick a team that matched up well with the Super Bowl contender. right? That's why, typically, when you're in a playoff scenario, both teams don't find out who they're going to go up against till the last minute. And then you have to contemplate, I think, what will be different for Trump to beat Biden in 2024, that wasn't the case in 2020. Biden's been awful, that's true. COVID is not an issue anymore, that's true. Is that enough to get Trump over the line? I don't know. That's what 2023 is all about. 2024 is going to be interesting. It's very true. 800-282-2882. We will take your calls. We'll close out the hour in strength here. Uh, Buck's got an audio clip that he, I don't know if we can play any of that audio clip, but we will. No, we'll, we'll talk about the bomb of the hour, this subway. Yeah. It, it, it really, you heard it. Clay's seen it now. It's just all curse words, but it just brings up why is this life in the city? And I mean, not just New York, life in a lot of cities for people now where they're just subjected to abuse by aggressive lunatics and feel like there's no one to help them. They can't defend themselves and the authorities don't care. It's a great question. Uh, no such thing as free when it comes to cell phone offers from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Just tricks to try and lock you into long-term contracts that are going to cost you a small fortune every month. Instead, how about this? You can get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave at any time. Again, a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, cut your cell phone bill in half, Here's how you get hooked up. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Clay and Buck, U.S.-based customer service team from Pure Talk will help you make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. You can choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at $30 a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck for this special offer today. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter. Wireless restrictions apply. See site for details. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. So many different moving parts out there. Donald Trump has really continued to weigh in on Ron DeSantis. We started off the show talking about DeSantis in an interview with Piers Morgan, taking uh, some shots for the first time directly at Donald Trump. Uh, but now Trump has fired back in the last 45 minutes or so at Ron DeSantis. Uh, here is Trump's two most recent truth social posts. While I'm fighting against radical left lunatics, persecutors and unfair prosecutors who want to destroy us all, Ron DeSanctimonious is not working for the people of Florida as he should be. He's too busy chatting with a ratings challenge TV host from England desperately trying to rescue his failing campaign but it's my fault i put him there <laughs> and then it continues just... buck oh keep we going keep going ron DeSanctimonious is running without running he's doing this to subvert election law run ron run others have done it before so i can't really blame him but he should take a look at his polls which are crashing like few people have seen before that's because He's merely an average Republican governor who has great public relations, far better than deserved. When you look at the Florida numbers compared to other states, you will not be impressed. I will release them later in the day. That is okay. uh, the most recent. That was 10 minutes ago from Trump uh, taking shots at Ron DeSantis from his Truth Social platform. I mean, Okay. Uh, can I just ask you this? Isn't Piers Morgan like a friend of Trump's? I mean, didn't he win the first 
Celebrity Apprentice or the first Apprentice? Maybe it wasn't even Celeb. Was Piers I think a they used to. I, I think they're kind of frenemies, maybe because the Piers Morgan had the interview with Trump at Mar-a-Lago. That remember they had the, the teaser where he tried to make it look like Trump stormed off, and then yeah, but that uh, was. I mean, Trump has forgiven people for far more. I, I get than it. That. I, I get it. Yeah. So um, I, I thought yes, I thought they I, were I, kind, I thought they were kind of tight. I just think it's kind of funny that he's he's taking a shot. At Piers Morgan, I think he said, right, he said at the bottom that I put him there. I think refer, yeah, but it's my fault I put him there. Um, meaning Piers Morgan is famous, I guess, because of Trump, right? That's the implication. I think that's probably what he's trying so to do. He's basically, I mean, arguably, <laughs> Trump would basically be saying Trump the reason hilarious. why Piers Morgan and Ron DeSantis both are famous is because of Trump. Yep. That's exactly right? what I was going to say next. That's totally true. You're, like everyone that Trump comes into his contact with, he's like, well, I kind of made you, so. Oh man, that that is that is a funny one. Um, as for though, okay, now let's turn to the sort of uh, to the substance of it. He's merely an average Republican governor who has great public relations. Okay, DeSantis camp is going to turn around and say, average Republican governor. When was the last time eight hundred thousand people moved to Florida, and and did so specifically because of the policies of a sitting governor in an overwhelming number of cases? It's just never happened before. Yeah. So I mean, this is again, there are the places where you're going to say, "Look, if it's it's like we're calling a boxing match, right?" I mean, if someone gets hit with a jab, or you know, someone lands a good right cross, or whatever, the announcers are all like, "Wow, oh look at that one!" If you swing and you miss, it's a whiff. And some of these, I think, are going to be a, a, a swing and a miss. Um, I think this one falls into that into that category. Uh, I mean, again, I'm I'm here in Florida, and I, I you know, so I, I can speak to this with with some specificity. It's full of people. Everyone you meet who moved here, Clay, in the last three years is like, I love what's going on in Florida, and Governor DeSantis has, has done an amazing job. People, by the way, people love Texas because Texas is awesome. They don't move to Texas, and they don't love Texas because Governor Abbott is so awesome. Not not to be, you know, rude to Governor Abbott, but I'm just saying, you know, he's been fine, but there's a, there is a tie into DeSantis and Florida that's a little bit different. I think it's so. hard to attack Ron DeSantis based on his Florida record. I think that's yeah. a really weak angle for Trump. I think he could go after him as being the rhino, right? Like the, the preferred candidate of the establishment, maybe, not this one. Hundreds of thousands of small business owners have found a tax refund thanks to our good friends working at GetRefunds.com. This refund of your taxes is part of an IRS plan not getting enough attention. It's called the Employee Retention Credit. Go to GetRefunds.com. See if your business might qualify. It can only take you about 10 minutes or so. And if your business qualifies for this ERC assistance, it could be major. We're talking a refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. They've already helped at GetRefunds.com. Over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds going back to businesses. Like a lot of the people listening to this, like your business, there's no upfront charge either. They only get paid if you get that refund. So go now. If you're a business owner out there, go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Well, there's a story that I'm just seeing here um, for uh, on, the, on the Daily Mail. MMA fighter turned security guard, and the quote here is, averted another Pulse mass shooting like the Pulse nightclub by disarming a man in a devil mask as he tried to storm a strip club in Tampa, according to Tampa police. Uh, so this happened over, this happened over the weekend. I'm just seeing the report now. 
And it, they, they had a security guard who's also an MMA fighter. Good for, you know, that's a good, good basis for a security guard. Saw this. The guy was incoherent. He was wearing a devil mask. And he had the words uh, kill and dark written on his arms. And he had a loaded handgun and tried to run into the strip club with the loaded handgun. Now, there may be there may be additional details. The guy, you know, who knows? Maybe he had a beef with somebody inside or, you know, we, they the, this, the headline here on the Daily Mail is averted another mass shooting. We can't I don't think we can know that right now, but certainly. A guy with a devil mask running with a loaded handgun through security at a strip club is something that you would want to be addressed right away. And it looks like this guy may have certainly stopped somebody from getting shot, right? That that seems to be, that's a reasonable implication that a guy who tries to run past security with a loaded handgun and a mask on has ill intent. I bring it up because, um, Clay, you know, in the, in the state of Florida, a lot of could bring this back to Florida conversation, and I, I would... I would assume this is also true for people in, in Texas and in Tennessee. There is an assumption that if you are acting in good faith and defending yourself or others, not only are you going to be treated fairly by the system, you might even be praised by the system. You might be, thank yeah. you for averting, you know, self-defense and in a whole lot of cases, whatever it may be, self-defense in red states when it is lawful and reasonable is not only defended, it is praiseworthy. There is a very widespread perception now that self-defense under certain circumstances and depending on who the defendant or the assailant may be and the uh, politics around this, the races of the individuals involved, that self-defense will not be treated, especially self-defense invo- involving a firearm, obviously brings in a lot of politics right away, but will not be treated uh, fairly. And, and this brings me back to, we have it up at, at clayandbuck.com. Basically, this, this MMA fighter, uh, security guard guy in Tampa, you know, he, he's going home with a, with a high five and a, and a, and a steak and a thank you for, you know, probably saving some lives here. He's not worried about getting, you know, oh, the, the DA thinks that he used excessive force by twisting the guy's arm or something. You know, that this, no one expects that to happen because it's Florida. If it were New York, I don't know. Might be a different situation. In New York, there's this video. It's up at clayandbuck.com. And you have a, a black man who is in the worst and most. And by the way, if you go see it, you know, Clay saw it. It's, it's tough to watch because he's verbally abusing a kid in front of his parents. And that really gets people's, that really fires people up. I mean, it fires up parents and non-parents. It's just there's something deeply grotesque and wrong and evil about threatening a child. And threatening a child in front of their parents. And the huge debate that has broken out, and I just mentioned the online at clayandbuck.com so you can see it. It's just, it's tough to watch and there's a lot of curses. We can't play it on the air. It's basically almost all curses from this guy. Um, but Clay, all these people, you know, there, there were initially a few folks who were weighing in on this online. They're saying, you know, why didn't the dad get up in this guy's face? Why didn't he do something? And the amount of people who said, with that Democrat DA, with this Democrat system in New York, if there was any, if there was any attempt by the father to defend himself, even verbally, and then it got physical, wouldn't be able to get treated fairly by the system. And it might be the dad in handcuffs. By the way, I don't think this is just theoretical. Remember the, the, uh, Delhi, um, the Delhi employee, or oh, yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the employee who 
At the this bodega, guy, who was, yeah, got at, attacked, at a bodega, thank you. used it and protected a, himself. A convicted felon, a black guy in this case, came up and started trying to beat this guy senseless behind the counter, and he defended himself with a knife. They charged him with murder. Yeah, so I think it was self-defense feels Republic. illegal in these Democrat states. Sorry immigrant in the bodega who defended himself and was initially charged with murder by alvin bragg if i remember correctly and then the mayor of new york came out and said i don't think this is the right decision to make and then they ended up eventually letting him out of prison and i think they dropped the charges if i'm not mistaken yeah what 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 bragg that's correct what bragg and we we hit that we hammered that on this show i mean and we we got people all over new york listening on wornyc and we were hammering that story because it was a gr- it was a, uh, it was all on video. I mean, the whole thing you see every aspect of it, which makes me wonder, Buck, what would happen if Mayor Eric Adams came out and said, "I don't think Trump has committed a crime," based on what evidence that I've seen. I don't think Alvin Bragg should bring charges against him. I mean, he won't do that for political reasons. I mean, but what uh, what if he's thinking on a broader scale, like trying to make a play because? He's already been elected mayor of New York City. I'm just because the reason the re, you you made me think of it because the reason this guy, the Dominican guy who uh, lost, finally had charges reduced against him was I really believe because the mayor spoke out and said this is ridiculous. He had a right to defend himself, and the mayor obviously is a former police officer who would have had experience in this situation. I, I'm just kind of tossing that out there as a trial balloon. What would happen if Eric Adams did that to Alvin Bragg's case? Would it disappear? Just kind of thought balloon that. Second part here. As a parent, I watched this video, and this guy who is berating, there's a dad, what appears to be a a mom, and a kid between them, and some of the most vile language you can imagine on a subway. And so, like many parents, I think... And and by the way, racist. Yes. Yelling racist slurs slurs. Hispanic or Spanish, Spanish, I think. Yeah. Yeah. my assumption, if I were the dad there, is I wouldn't even be worried about the self-defense angle. My thought is, this guy is crazy, and he probably is armed. Maybe it's not with a gun, but it's probably with a knife. And if I stand up and engage in an altercation with him at all, I might get killed. And so, while... Until there's actual physical violence, like I understand it's unacceptable to yell and scream at families, curses, slurs, all those things that shouldn't happen regardless of your background. But for me, until there was a moment where I felt like physical violence was going to happen, I would try to avoid accelerating that situation because I would think this guy is going to have a weapon and he's going to attack me and or my family with it. Now, I think there's a very good chance that the individual in this video, um, and, you know, these kinds of, it's a verbal assault that he's committed. You're actually not allowed to say, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to attack you or, you know, make someone, you can't make someone credibly fear for their safety just because you feel like it. Um, there's assault and battery. Battery would be the actual, you know, punching, grabbing, physically, uh, going after somebody. Um, but this is far too common. I mean, this is something I've experienced many times in New York City where there are individuals who feel completely free and protected to say whatever they want, to verbally attack people, to threaten them, and and often to yell uh racial slurs at white people. Yeah. This is what this is what happens in the city. 
you know, that you're, uh, you know, I'm not going to quote, obviously, but they'll, they'll yell things, uh, racist abuse at, at white people or, or whomever. And obviously this has happened to Asians too. It's happened to Asians a lot in, in New York City. And there was that whole stop Asian hate campaign that all of a sudden they stopped the stop Asian hate campaign because they didn't like the demographics of who was engaging in most of the assaults against Asians. You remember this too? Oh yeah. So yeah, that we story just you know, disappeared. Story yeah. just disappeared. And so you sit here and you say, when people in a city feel like the system stands with those who verbally uh, threaten and and menace parents with their small child on the subway, there's something deeply wrong with that system. Whether it's New York, Los Angeles. You know, Houston, you name it. Any, well, I don't think this would happen in Texas, but in, in other, you know, in other states, in blue states in particular, Democrat rule means if, if, if criminals want to menace you, if lunatics want to frighten you, you have to deal with it. Because if you get up in their face and, you know, you end up hurting them before they can hurt you, or if there's an exchange of fists or worse, you're probably going to prison because those are the politics involved. That's true, and I also think the fact that this occurred on a subway factors in because you can't go anywhere, right? You're effectively hemmed in, and it's just further oh, wow. evidence. The last time I was there, what do we got? It, it, our, our, our producer, Ali, saying that this guy, people have recognized him now. There are other videos where he he just does this on the subway, and he does it. He yells at um, at Asians, Hispanics and white people racist abuse and just just goes goes off on them over and over again this is what well, this i hope does. they can figure out who this guy is uh but this is why the most recent time i was in new york i told my wife don't even consider getting on the subway never said that before i've been yeah. in new york a lot of times over the years and i think there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now that have made the same yeah. choice and this is what happens when you allow cities to become in many ways lawless yeah, and, it impacts, and I can say it affects everything from from countless hours on the New York City subway, and then being a person who didn't want to spend time on them anymore myself, Clay. Um, it's not necessarily that you're going to be physically assaulted, but the chance of you having an ugly incident where some lunatic is, you know, demanding money or that's actually quite high. You know, yeah. the, the the chance that you're going to be verbally assaulted by somebody these days walking around New York City is unfortunately, if you walk around enough and you're on enough subways, and it's true in a lot of these cities. So something has to change here, folks. I want to change gears here and, and talk about preborn for a moment. There are a lot of nonprofit organizations that mean well, and there are some that have a track record of success in their purpose. Preborn Network of Clinics is one of those organizations that are truly impactful. Their goal is to rescue unborn children from abortion. In the past 17 years of operation, they've rescued over 200,000 babies' lives. That's inspiring, but the way they go about their mission is truly impressive. They provide unconditional love and support to mothers with unplanned pregnancies and introduce them to the precious life growing inside them through an ultrasound. Once that mother hears that heartbeat, the majority of the time she will choose life. Without the ultrasound, the odds are not in favor of that choice. The ultrasound is a game changer. This happens because of donations from individuals like you and me. One ultrasound is just $28. Every tax-deductible donation, big or small, helps to save the unborn. Preborn receives no government funding and is completely dependent on us, the pro-life community. For just $28, you can help save a baby's life. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck 
That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Clay and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty show to start listening. More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies, I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael to the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the Wednesday edition of the program, finishing up here. A lot of different people still wanting to weigh in. We'll take a couple of your calls here as we close out the program. Um, but uh, also want to have some fun four-day work week talk. Uh, I don't know that's ever going to happen, Buck, uh, but it is kind of interesting how... Every now and then you hear this kind of sneaking up, this idea of being able to get four days of work. Here's a question for you. What percentage of employees, if you told them, you don't have to work if you get your work all done by Thursday, do you think could get all their work done by Thursday if the reward was you don't have to come in at all on Friday? I think absolutely. Yep. I think a huge, I think people could definitely get it done. And I think that if you told government employees, I'm going to tell you this right now. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. If you told government employees that they, because there's something in the federal government, I think it was called Superflex or something like that. Yes. Sounds like, uh, like a protein shake, but it was, uh, it allowed people in the federal government service, I think they had to get like manager approval. You could do like a 16 hour day. Yeah. And then that was considered 
you know, a day of basically you, you, you had a day in the bank and you could just not come in the next day, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Flex work, I think, would be tremendous. And I think there's a huge percentage of people that would be far more effective if they took that opportunity. Uh, let's dive in. Let's close out with some calls. Uh, Scott in Utah, what do you think? So I want to get to the DeSantis quote-unquote hitting back story. But first of all, what everybody needs to understand is there is no guarantee, in my mind at all, that Biden is going to be the president. And about a month or so ago, you guys were talking about Biden versus Trump. If either one of those guys drops off and they're running against a younger, more vibrant person, that could be an issue. Okay, yeah. So, so, sorry, when you say you don't know that you believe Biden's going to be the nominee, do you mean because of his physical health and something happening to him, or do you mean because Democrats decide he's not the guy? I think it's both likely. It's both. But I think already that's a great point. There is just as many people out there, if, if not outwardly saying it, that are, that are talking about it behind the scenes saying he's obviously not the best candidate we could have. So, um, so you think, can I just be clear, you think that Biden's not actually going to be the Democrat nominee running again i can't imagine I, I can't imagine they run this guy who, who can't even how can i get it campaign he did, i get it I mean, scott i, I couldn't I imagine it the first stunned. time that's what yeah, I, <laughs> I would be stunned if he's not the nominee now he's 80 years old so 80 year olds can have all sorts of significant health related issues in the remainder of 23 or into 24 that could certainly happen but i think barring i mean look they, they elected john fetterman and he immediately checked himself into the hospital, and he's vanished for the first three months of his tenure as a senator. So you don't think they would just hide Joe Biden in some hospital somewhere, even if he wasn't healthy enough to do the job? I would just be stunned if he's not going to be the pick. Uh, Yvonne in Hermosa Beach, Florida. Yvonne, what you got for us? Hey, um, I have two things. First off, Trump and DeSantis would be the ticket. Just for the record, that would be the ticket. And I don't I love DeSantis, but I don't think that he is quite up for the job yet. And, you know, we as Republicans and conservatives, we need to do what the Democrats do. And that is walk in lockstep. And yes, our President Trump, he says things he shouldn't say. But do we have to be so word sensitive I mean, the man, the man did the job, he, and he knows more now than he ever did about the people that are in office now, and that the, the senators, the, the, the congressmen, the dirty people. I mean, he is the man. I'm telling you, he is the man. He didn't even take a paycheck when he was running You're right. or when he look, was president. I mean, he, he may well be the man. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is, if you look at the, I just sent the team a poll here. Thank you for calling in. I sent the team a poll, Monmouth, 2024. 41% Trump, 27% DeSantis, 3% Nikki Haley. That's the top three. So it's Trump v. DeSantis, but Trump way ahead right now. So there's that. There's that for sure. And the polls have been moving, let's be fair, in the last six weeks or so in Trump's direction. I mean, he has been, last couple of months, gaining strength since the midterms. He's continued to grow, and DeSantis has slipped back a little bit now. There was a lot of positive momentum. DeSantis wins in November. Very many positive stories. We'll see if DeSantis ends up announcing how that changes and when they officially get in the ring together, yeah. what that Donny Brook is going to look like. It's going to be quite a throwdown, and we're honored to be able to talk to all of you about it as it plays out over the next year. Going to be a lot of twists and turns. It will be an exciting journey.
And thank you for being with us as we all go along. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 